Hello, everybody, and welcome again to Nerd of the Third Power, your one-stop shop for all things nerdy and awesome. I am your host and master of ceremonies, Dr. Gonzo. Cat is out on assignment on the dark side of Mars, studying Martian geek culture. You know, and the room <laughs> goes silent. <laughs> There's a reason why it's called the Rule of Three. Once you do it four times, it's just like it's worn out. It's welcome. So now that uh, she'll be back soon, we hope. <laughs> and uh, again, it's kind of a kind of empty studio. Did like the fucking plague just like roll through our staff here? Like, what's going on here? I don't know if it's the plague or it's just the universe sort of working against us. It does seem every so often. Um, what is Skyblaze says? We're like the good ship that's slowly limping along. <laughs> <laughs> like just something happens to one of us, and we just all go down at the same time. <laughs> the, the the good ship wounded me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Oh, okay. So it's just me and Brian again tonight, uh, as it's been for the last few weeks. So, um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we're gonna, we decided that we were going to just do something kind of light and fun. So we're going to just do an Ask a Geek special. We're going to clear out the Ask a Geek questions here. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have some fun. So the first one here, uh, well, actually, before we, before we go to that, I, I, I'm going to do something I don't n- normally do in the show. I'm going to take a moment for myself and toot my own horn because I'm really proud of this. Uh, listeners who've been listening for a while know that uh, for the last couple of years I've been in school for cybersecurity and that I graduated uh, in December, finished school. Well, I reached another uh, milestone on my road to uh, finally being a, a functioning adult, and that's last week I sat for and passed my test for my CompTIA Security Plus certification. So now I am officially industry certified, so now I can go out and get myself a job! Freebird! <laughs> There's always one guy. <laughs> one guy shouting free bird. <laughs> and this bird you cannot change. And this bird you cannot. Oh, okay, if I sing anymore, I have to pay. <laughs> I was about to say, there comes the copyright strike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, if anything, I think they'd pay me to stop singing. <laughs> So, yes, now that I have uh, tooted my own horn, we are going to jump right into the, our questions here. First one here uh, comes from the email from uh, Joseph, and he has a couple of questions here. All right, so we're going to jump right into the questions here. First one is uh, from the Facebook, and it is from repeat offender Bima, who we always love hearing from because he always comes up with the most awesome questions. So he asked for everybody, if you had to choose between, between having a pet wolf, dragon, or mastodon, which would you pick? And if you could have one weapon to go into battle with, which would it be? So, Brian, let's start with you. Ma- wolf, dragon, or mastodon? Wolf, dragon, or mastodon? That's three. Like, it gets bigger as it goes. Um, truth be told, the, the probably the easiest one to take care of might be the wolf. Or, well, I take that back. The mastodon, at least they eat grass and stuff like that. Dragons? Oh God! I wouldn't. I wouldn't know what to do with a dragon. To be quite honest, I would have no idea whatsoever how to take a dragon and care for it, nurture it. I don't think the movie that movie with Sean Connery as a dragon is going to help me at all. <laughs> I forgot what was that movie called again? Was it Dragonheart? Was that Dra- what it was called? Dragonheart. But I, was it Dragon? I was going to call it something else, but I think I was like, no, that's not right. So, so, um, so I'm taking you've never seen how how to train your dragon. I've actually seen How to Train Your Dragon, and yes, I've seen How to Train Your Dragon 2, Train Harder. <laughs> okay, well, uh... I don't, I don't know if that's actually the, sub, the subtext. Was that the subtext? I don't know. I've never actually seen the second one. It's on ne- I was on Netflix for a while. That's where I watched it. Um, but I don't... I guess... You know what? I think the idea of having a Mastodon is just amazingly cool. <laughs> and because just it's just it's a you know the big elephant you got the giant tusks, um just marching through there riding on top of it you don't go very fast I will admit that but everyone's gonna get out of your way I don't I don't know man you I, I, you get the right breed of elephant they can they can move at a pretty good clip uh, that's uh, that's why Attila the Hun was uh, such a such a destructive conqueror in his day because he rode into battle he had his troops right into battles on elephants and they just wrecked everybody's shit. Well, those elephants, well, those elephants are smaller than a mammoth, to my knowledge, and that does come into play. True, you know, but we're also talking about a creature that is extinct, so we really don't know how they moved. And Ice Age is not a good representation. Wow, I mentioned a lot of animated films. <laughs> uh, 
I, I, we will leave it to you, the listeners, as to what that says about Brian's social life. <laughs> Seriously, but to like so a weapon though to ride upon it—that's the hard part because you're very high up. So the only thing that's going to really work for you is possibly a lance or a spear of some kind. Um, if you want, you can also do bow and arrow and crossbow because you have you have a wonderful position up there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and if you ride that that big an, an animal, you could actually get like a heavy crossbow or a mini ballista to mount on it. Because <laughs> I've got you now. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm a Skyrim player, uh, so my choice uh, for both questions is dragon. Because what I do is I will kill the dragon, take its scales and bones, and craft a set of dragon bone armor and weapons, and that will be my battle gear. But the question was, which one you're, you 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 took the question of, all right, which one do you want as a pet? And you go, I want this pet because I can kill it. <laughs> and this is why I am I have a collective restraining order from every pet store and animal shelter in the greater Anne Arundel County area. <laughs> just, just, it was, and it's very for And you were, like, thinking about this, too. That's always because it was like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah, but you know what's really funny? You're the one who was worried about being on a government watch list for what he says on the show. <laughs> I still am. That that has not changed. <laughs> and then I go and drop, oh, I would kill my pet and use his components to craft armor. <laughs> and we, I feel like we also were leaving out the wolves. Wolves are good because they're hunting and they're loyal and stuff like that. But I don't know. When you have a choice of a mastodon and a dragon. Yeah, okay. I'll, 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 I'll play by the questions. If I, had to, if I had to have a pet to keep that I wasn't allowed to kill, I would take a wolf. Because who doesn't want, who doesn't want a fucking wolf like sleeping at the foot of your bed? That'd be fucking awesome. We dragged you to answering the question. I twisted your arm to answer the question correctly. I mean, it's, your first answer wasn't a bad answer. It's just like it was just a little bit on the dark side. <laughs> okay, and uh, let's see. Uh, the next question here uh, comes from. Actually, it's uh, oddly enough, it's from a it's from a Brian spelled B R A B R I A N to our Brian. B-R-Y-A-N, and he asked, from Brian to Brian, what are your thoughts on Marvel's upcoming Civil War 2? Oh, God, we were just talking about this, weren't we? Yes, we were. This is... I'm not looking forward to Civil War 2. Let's just, let's just pull that out there right now. Mostly because I'm very confused about the storyline, and the they released the team promo. Do I still have that? I was looking it up earlier when we were talking about it. I don't think I do anymore. Just because... Okay, so the first Civil War was very much a response to, like, 9-11 and the civil liberties and stuff like that that was going on in our world right now. It was all, because, it was all very Patriot Act. Yeah, but the problem, and the thing when you do that, you can do that. There's no, not, there's no like, rule that says you can't, but you want to try to do it, what's a good term, carefully. With nuance. Yeah. Not straw men versus straw man, like what was actually done. Basically, and you had uh, characters that were acting out of character. Uh, the idea that... And it, here's the weird thing. Because we have, like, a lot of people who think about Iron Man now, they think about Robert Downey Jr. They don't necessarily think about Tony Stark. And they would feel more along the lines of, well, Iron Man, being the businessman that he is, wouldn't trust the government. Because, you know, businessman and government are not supposed to work together. Except they do. Ha! Huh, reality. But they feel like him being the one that, that okays everything, and then uh, Steve Rogers, Captain America, being the one that tries to protect everything, uh, didn't seem right. It, to me, that actually seems correct If the characters from the characters in the book. That was fine. But then you had them just you know arresting each other or you know, throwing them into their dimensional prisons. Then you had one point that Captain America was like, yes, I'm going to bring the Punisher on the team because that's a good idea. And then have the nerve to act surprised when I also recruit supervillains, and he has a problem with this, and he expresses this problem with bullets. Yeah, he's like, I can't believe I let you on the team. And at that point, everyone's got to be like, uh, Cap, you should have seen this coming. Like, I, I will say there was one beautiful thing that came out of that decision, and that was that one of the villains that was killed was Jack-O-Lantern, and he wound up uh, coming back as a reanimated corpse in the then-running Ghost Rider book. And it's a beautiful thing to see the Ghost Rider fighting an undead jack-o'-lantern right around Halloween time. I thought that was just beautifully timed. Yeah, no, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes things do work. So this comes out in June. So if I understand correctly, because we don't have the full story yet, we'll get 
at least closer to the full story when Free Comic Book Day in, in May comes around. But from what I've been gathering is that uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. has gone out and made sort of this Pleasantville town and is filling up with criminals and villains, but they're getting, I guess, I don't, I don't know if it's lobotomized or brainwashed. I really can't tell, but they're making them feel like they're in this old-timey town. And then they're also using precogs uh, to find, you know, to try to stop things before they happen and then put them in the town. So now you have two sides sort of warn against one another of, is this correct or is this wrong? Uh, the answer is, it's wrong. But the fact that we have to have two warring factions again, and again, Cat, uh, was it? Not Captain America. Captain America is actually not the team leader of one of them. It's actually Captain Marvel, uh, Carol Danvers. But here's Iron Man front and center going, ha ha, this is correct and we're, this is what we're going to do. Or, I don't know. Uh, the, the teams don't make any sense to me. Um, they're, they're splitting up the two Captain Americas. They're splitting up the Thors. So, like, each team has a Captain America, and each team has a Thor. And Spider-Man's on one team, and Deadpool's on another team. Then Star-Lord's on another team. I don't know why the fuck he cares. He's supposed to be in space. And all the Spider-Man fans are clenching their assholes because they remember what happened to Spider-Man after Civil War. Yeah. Well, not even just after Civil War. Even during Civil War, Spider-Man got screwed over. And then one more day happened, so yeah. Spider-Man fans are keeping their backs to the wall. The, the, the rumor going around, I think the biggest fear that I have is, is that who's going to die? Because these, 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 these events always start, or at least at one point in time, have some sort of death involved. And the, the feeling of death now in comic books is such a joke, it's, it's not even funny. Um, but I, someone's going to die. Like, well, let, let's put that out there. Has there ever been anybody who stayed dead, like... I know that they brought Bucky back, and he was—he and Uncle Ben were like the two, the the, the the running joke. The only people who stay dead in comics are Uncle Ben and Bucky, and they even brought Bucky back now. So yeah, the only person who has stayed dead is Uncle Ben. And now, if you re- have been, if my fans have been paying attention to the headlines, I was talking about uh, later this year. There's going to be a big Spider-Man story called Dead No More, and one of the covers has Uncle Ben on it, and it makes me go, <clears throat> and like, are they going to pull this trigger? Please, no. Please. So, I'm not looking forward to it. Will I pay attention and read it? Yes, because that's what I do. Um, but I don't I don't know exactly where it's going to go, what's going to happen. I'll probably try to, try to stick to the main issues, because there's about, was it 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 tie-ins that I'm not going to pay attention to. Well, luckily, there's, like, it's issue tie-ins. There's only one, two, three, four, five, only six miniseries. Everything else is an issue. <laughs> now, we were talking earlier about uh, the possibility of brand confusion. Do you think that the only reason Marvel's really doing this is because they've got Captain America 3 coming out? I mean, there is some of that. There is, I guess, because there's going to be a civil war in the theaters, having a civil war 2 happening at... Not, well, not even at the same time. It's a month later, but it'll still be fresh in people's minds. Uh, there there could be a reason they're doing that. Um, I think they're just doing it because... I, I won't say they're out of ideas, because every time I say they're out of ideas, someone usually pulls up a really good idea. But it's, it's one of those things where every summer now, for as long as I can remember, we have to have a summer blockbuster crossover of some sort. So this is just... They're going the sequel route with this one. Which they've done in the past. There's about... The Infinite Gauntlet had at least two sequels to it. Uh, Infinite Crusade and... There was another one I can't remember. But you, we, were, we were talking about a little bit of the brand confusion. And I think it might be a bit confusing for people who don't read the books. The Sea of Civil War book. And like, oh, there's Iron Man. And a, he's fighting a girl. Okay, because we haven't had the Cap, uh, Captain Marvel movie yet. So people may not know who Captain Marvel is. Outside of doing, you know, homework, which I've never really agreed with. I know a lot of people who say, like, the best way about comics is that you can go online and, you know, look stuff up after, you know, for 75 years of continuity or so. But I always feel like that's that's a cop-out. You know, you shouldn't have to do homework to get into things. Now, if you want to, congratulations on your part. You've done a lot of work and good for you. But you shouldn't have to, you know? Now, is it actually going to be a Captain Marvel movie or is it a Miss Marvel movie? It, to my knowledge, if I remember correctly, uh, it's going to be Captain Marvel. Because there's a new Miss Marvel. 
which I'm not sure if she's ever going to show up uh, in films. Well, she probably will. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be Captain Marvel. She's got promoted to Captain Marvel, and they're sticking with their guns on that one. Okay. Uh, let's see. Next question here comes from Mark, and it is for me. And he asked, what are my thoughts on the current uh, upcoming VR craze with all these uh, electronics companies pushing virtual reality? And I'm just like, you know, so much of what I'm seeing in VR is like, the one that really makes me laugh is like the mobile phone VR, where you stick your phone into this stupid little headset, and I'm just like, no, that's stupid. So do you think this is just another video game peripheral fad like it was back in... Because we've, we've had virtual reality before. This isn't necessarily a new concept, but this is, the I guess, the upgraded version of it. The older, more mature version of it. If, if, we're, t- if we're talking strictly about stuff like the Oculus Rift, that's got a bit of an answer that I, that, that, that I would have to take a while to go into. If we're talking about stuff like, you know, where you slot your phone into a, into a, 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 a 3D headset... No, that shit is fucking stupid. That is going to that's not going to last very long. Now, if we're talking about stuff like the Oculus Rift, that can go either way depending upon how it's used. One of the things that I have been, you know, one of the the the, the as much as I love the Wii and the Wii U, the, the the one criticism to both to both systems and to motion controls in general is that the support wasn't really there. People didn't really know what to do with the technology. And the thing with gaming is you can do, you know, history has proven, you can introduce any new technology you want. But if people don't know what to do with it, or if the technology isn't at an advanced enough level to where you can do what you want to do with it, then people are going to abandon it and they're not going to, su- going to support it. Now, what I've seen of the Oculus Rift is basically ports of just first person F, you know FPS or walking simulator games which while that is appropriate for a Oculus Rift game I would like to see more done just beyond just straight ports like I would like to see a I'd like to see sort of a a real time what's the word I'm real time motion control uh sort of scheme like you know, maybe you wear like some sort of glove or a bracelet where you can actually like manipulate objects in the game through tactile movements of your hands in the real world. Uh, of course, you know, there's there's been some kind of movements in that direction, but I haven't really seen anybody do anything with it yet. One of the things that I think I would love that I think would be really good for virtual reality, and I think it's a genre that would see a great resurgence with virtual reality is flight simulators. You know, how awesome would it be to play like Microsoft Flight Simulator VR edition and actually be able to reach out and manipulate the dials and and switches on the cockpit of a 747 or an F-18 and have all of this be in glorious 4K virtual reality where you could actually look around inside the cockpit by turning your head and see all of your surroundings. How fucking awesome would that be? I think it would be kind of cool. Now, I haven't seen any of the virtual reality stuff like in person. I've seen I've seen so many YouTube's videos about it. I do know that their controller that they have for it on your hands is actually pretty responsive for the most part, but it has the same issues I've always had sort of with virtual reality is that um, you feel like you don't necessarily feel like you kind of feel like you're there, but it's jerky. You don't really know what how things work in this world or anything like that. You can't see what you're doing. I've seen videos of people hitting the controllers against walls because, you know, they take a few steps and don't realize there's a wall there and they shoot out their hand, but it hits, it hits that and breaks the it might break the controller. That's, that's another thing. You, 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 there's got to be a limit to how much tactile control you put in because I guarantee... One of the, one of the greatest uh, pieces of geek culture that I wish was still around... Uh, uh, when GameSpy.com was still big, there was a feature called the Daily Victim, and it was a da- it was a, it was it was a gaming related humor column, and it was basically just these little short vignettes of you know these characters in this this you know world just you know kind of doing their thing. And one of the stories that they did, one of the early ones, was this guy who was playing Diablo two on a VR headset and getting a little too into it, and he wound up 
you know, smashing his uh, his television screen uh, because he was playing a game and he was busy swinging around a broadsword trying to fight off a demon and he wound up destroying the house. That's the kind of scenario that I see coming true now if we if we do, like, full body control. you got to do something that you can still kind of just sit in your chair in the real world for um, and have some kind of... Now then the, the question becomes, you know, how do you move about in the world if you if you're, your hands are covered in this tactile glove? So, like I said, it's, it's such a new technology at this point that I kind of don't really know what's going to happen to it. I have to wait and see what's being done. But I do see a lot of potential, and I hope, I hope to the heavens that it gets utilized well. And like I said, I think flight simulators would see a major resurgence, uh, which hopefully would lead to Disney uh, bringing back the Totally Games crew to do a Oculus Rift X-Wing title uh, in the, the, the uber, you know, detailed style of the 1992 flight simulator games, because those games were awesome. And I would That'd be kind of interesting. You're the first person I've noticed that mentioned flight simulators when they talk about the VR stuff. Um, and I was like, oh, that's not a terrible you know, idea. Flight simulators? Car racing games? Those would be perfect for virtual reality. Those would be absolutely perfect for stuff like the Oculus Rift. And I would love to... I don't play driving games. I don't play racing games. But you know what? If there was a Need for Speed title on the Oculus Rift where I could actually, like, you know, use my hands to steer it like a steering wheel, I would be all over that shit. And, like, be able to actually look around inside the car. I, you know, and tear down fucking New Jersey Turnpike and a Lamborghini Diablo. I'd be on that shit like a rash. Interesting choice of words. <laughs> but no, I, so here's here's what I find kind of dumb is um, I think it's I, I want to say it's one of the amusement parks, probably Six Flags, because they come up with some dumb ideas. Is that they want to incorporate VR to their roller coasters? So when you're on a roller coaster, you put on a VR helmet, and then that VR helmet would show you, I guess, like a different world. But you're already in a roller coaster. I can like, do you do you want to have something strapped to your head? I can do you one better. I went to a Six Flags up in a uh, up in Pennsylvania, or am I thinking of Hershey Park? Anyway, it was it was I think you know it was Hershey Park, and they had a they had what they called a VR simulator in their arcade. It was five bucks for like you know a ten a ten minute playtime, and I got in and they put the helmet on me and there was a joystick that it was on a console that I had to hold, and then they fired up and it was fucking Unreal Tournament two thousand two. I was like, really? I just paid five bucks to play for ten minutes a game I have at home on my Xbox? Really? I just fucking did this? That's that's probably the worst VR experience, the quote-unquote VR experience I've seen. Because, like, you know, the techn- it wasn't VR because there was no real VR technology. You were just in a, you just had a monitor strapped to your head. Yeah. In that situation. And I'm just like, this is so fucking stupid. So, but I would love to see something like the Oculus Rift take off, and I would love to see people do some creative stuff with it. You know, not just straight ports of just FPS games. You know, let's 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 see. You know, this this is a call out to all the independent developers and artists out there. This is your chance to do something really neat and creative. Fucking do it. Oh, I'm sure there. I'm sure there's going to be a couple. Will they be successful? Then that's another question altogether. Yeah, that's another problem. I mean, we're talking about a, a a piece of equipment that costs what four hundred bucks on its own. Four hundred dollars on its own. There's some of them go up to eight hundred dollars. Um, where the eight hundred dollar one is. And and the, what's so strange is that it's, we're not, it's not just Oculus. Everyone's developing one now. The Sony's developing one. Steam's developing one. Just just virtual. It's it it feels like. Like I like the idea of Nintendo looking at this, going, "Didn't we have this idea years ago?" Yeah, it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, look if you look at the sales numbers, it worked. It just didn't work for the the. It just didn't work well. It didn't work well. <laughs> so, but like you know, and then the thing that you got to think about about the, that I think is going to shoot this thing in the foot is like you know, for like the Oculus Rift, you've got to have a PC that can support that thing. You know, you, you have to have a supercomputer. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to have a beast of a machine, and like my machine, it's it's not even like it. My my machine is is beastly. Let's make no bones about that. I have built this thing to be a monster, but it's still not like you know fucking bleeding edge. And even then, on its own, it it, it probably cost me like twenty five hundred dollars to 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 get the parts to build it. Mm-hmm. You know, then you stack another four hundred dollar 
piece of hardware on top of that, you know, I kind of I, I kind of worry that this thing is going to be priced to the point where only the really you know the rich the rich lawyers kids are going to be able to play with it, and that they're not going to sell enough move enough units to justify continued manufacture. I think the hope is is that as time goes on and the technology gets better and they get more adapt to using it, they can probably bring the price down. Um, if the, the problem is, is you have to get to that point. You know, technology becomes cheaper as 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 years go on, just because it's it's easier to make. Uh, you're better at it. You have better equipment to do it. You have better materials. And I mean, if, if, if if the thing is is like is that doesn't really work as well with gaming technology as well as it does with something like say televisions or Blu-ray players, where right. you know that there's going to be a market to support it. You know, you're talking about something that, like, given the scenario that we have here, you'd have to spend a grand total of $2,900 to get a PC and an Oculus Rift, okay? Something, so you, you, now you're looking at that from the developer standpoint, you're looking at something that only the super, the super rich are going to be able to afford. Can you really justify developing a AAA title for such a piece of hardware? Right. It's gonna. It's something to definitely keep an eye on. Just kind of look to see where the news and goes from it, because this this is sort of the big thing right now. Well, one of the big things right now going on in gaming is just the revival of VR and will it work and will you know what will it bring to the table. So now I will say that I I will say there are some games that I think that I think would do pretty well uh, as uh, VR ports. I think uh, if someone were to do a a VR port of the first Five Nights at Freddy's, where you actually kind of, where you actually be able to look around inside the office and slap the the, the light switches. I think that'd be neat. <laughs> I, why would I? Why did I know you're going to bring that goddamn game up? Why did I know that? I don't get it. I don't get that. I mean, I okay, I kind of half get the series, but it's a it's it's I, I don't know. Maybe because of the lore and the behind it pushed it more. Because when I played it, I played the first one. I was like, I'm just clicking. I'm just clicking. What? I'm just clicking and shitting my pants. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were there were there were two things that that really sort of launched it in launched Five Nights at Freddy's into the stratosphere. The first was Mark when Markiplier did his Let's Play. Let's just let's just be completely honest here. The, the Five Nights at Freddy's would have languished in obscurity if Markiplier hadn't done a Let's Play of it. Uh, the second thing was it's just like you said it was the lore behind it. There it was it was. It's one of the, it was one of those game stories where it didn't feel the need to explain every single goddamn thing to you. And there was room for theories. There was room for people to dig in and find new nuggets of information. And, you know, that was, I think, was the big draw, was the lore behind it. You know. Cause I, I mean, I'll give it I, that. It definitely has some lore. Because I'm a huge Five Nights at Freddy's fan, but he, and but even I'll admit, yeah, you know, if you take the game strictly on its gameplay, original concept, not a whole lot of staying power to it, though. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why I don't play like any of the I don't play any of the the Five Nights at Freddy's uh, fan games, like Five Nights at Candy's. I haven't played any of the any of those. You know, they're there. I you know they exist. I will say Five Nights at Candy's definitely has the most polish of them that I've uh, seen, but. You know, I've I've no interest in in playing because you know, like I said, there's not a whole lot of staying power to that concept. Once you played through one, you've kind of played through them all. Did you ever play Freddy's World or the the RPG he made? I, I wanted to, but then uh, he took it down because he 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 felt like it was unfinished. And I don't know if it was ever re released. All right, so I was I was like, out of the people I know, you're probably the only one that would I would know probably played it outside of the game theorist. No, no, I I missed out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, let's see here now. Another question here. Let's see. Um, <laughs> got a lot for Cat. Man, Cat is going to have a, a a lot of uh, questions to go through when she comes in. A field day. <laughs> a day in the fields. Yes, Brian. That's what we'll call the field day. Uh, oh, here's a here's one on something else that we were uh, talking about earlier. Uh, this. Uh, okay. All right. Let me read through it here. Okay. All right. Here's one from Lisa, and she asks, "What my if I have ever played any visual novel games, and if so, which ones?" And she also adds a secondary question: "What do I think of the release of a Gokthun of the?" I'm trying to pronounce this fucking thing here. Gokthun of the Golden Gokthun of the Cthulhu. I'm either I'm either I'm either speaking the name of a video game, or I am summoning an elder god. <laughs> So let's, uh, let's go. Let's go for the. Let's go with the first one. 
Gokthune of the Golden Lightnings uh, release on Steam Uncensored. Uh, to answer the first question, you know, visual novels was always a, a game genre that I never really knew what to make of. Um, I Now, let me just put my cards on the table. I'm not so ignorant of the genre as to believe that they were all just erotic dating simulators. I'm not that ignorant. Um, but on the other hand, it's one of those things like, you know, if I were to try and get into it, where would I start? You know, I don't even know where I would begin. You know, it's not like, you know, people come to me and say, oh, you know, if, if you were to... If you were to get somebody into platform games, what would you say? Oh, Super Mario Brothers, first-person shooters. Oh, start with Doom. You know, I really don't know what the first, you know, what a good... I haven't really discovered a good entry point into the visual novel genre for me yet. Um, I've been told that uh, of Higurashi no Nakukorini, um, otherwise known as Higurashi when they cry... Uh, I've also been told that it's dark and depressing as hell and to stay the fuck away from it if I value my feels. Um, advice given to me by Cat, who, uh, you know, is well acquainted with the source material, so I take that on, on authority. Um, so I really, like I said, I don't really know what to make of the visual novel genre. Uh, if, if anybody has any uh, titles that they feel like, uh, you know, would be a nice little intro for me to check out, by all means, sound off, and I'll, I'll definitely check them out uh, or, you know, investigate them. Uh, as to your second question about the game being released uncensored on Steam, um, I, you know, I took a look at the store Steam page, and it looks like it looks pretty standard. You know, it's M-rated for violence, blood, sexual content, nudity. You know, pretty standard based on what I've seen. So I'm not really sure what would have been censored, aside from you know maybe they actually show something this time around in, in the nudity scenes, as opposed to all the others I've seen where there's you know basically towels and Steam censor. So. Um, well, but, isn't that the, isn't that the thing? Like, like uh, I don't know Steam's rules, but wasn't the thing like no new, like they had like a zero po- uh, zero tolerance policy of nudity? So like, if, a lot of these games, you <laughs> a lot of these games, if you think there's a zero tolerance policy on nudity on Steam, I've got a bridge to sell you because there have been hundreds, literally hundreds of games released on Steam that have had nudity in some form or another. Well, see, I don't know all this because I don't play a lot of PC games, all right? Just, just, <laughs> just take it down a notch and now, I don't want your bridge. I, I can tell you that a lot of visual novel games that had erotic content uh, have had said content censored. Um, so I guess really the question that's kind of... that, that, that is The greater question that's being asked here is what are my thoughts on these type of games being censored in their localization? Um, which is something else that you and I were kind of talking about a bit uh, before the show. Uh, and it's kind of a tricky topic. As far as just censoring for the sake of, oh, think of the children, that I'm very strictly against. I've, I've ne- Regardless of what, of what we're talking about, video games, movies, television, I'm very much against think of the children style censorship. You know, because that to me is just, you know... It's, it's censorship for the sake of censorship is, is basically what it is. It's just doing something to appease the moral guardians, which I am very much against. Now, if we're talking about where you're changing something for, like, say, a, a piece of dialogue or something to maybe, you know, get maybe change some jokes that maybe American or, you know, Western audiences might not get or something that would be, you know, you wouldn't get unless you were in Japan or lived in Japan, then we kind of get into kind of a tricky area because there's there's two schools of thought and both have some merit. The first school of thought is that it should be a direct one-to-one translation and that, you know, you should leave those cultural references there if for no other reason that is truer to the original artist's intention and to their original creation, and it may also encourage someone who may not get that reference to go back and look up the culture from which it comes from and, you know, do some self-educating, which, again, there's some merit to that. The other school of thought is that, you know, you should localize the games to appeal to the audience that you're going to be selling to who may not necessarily like or get those references, and that can be done very well. Uh, see, for example, working designs localizations of uh, pretty much every game they worked on, they did this, but uh, most especially the Lunar title, Silver Star and Eternal Blue, which they did pretty much every version of that game that was released in the States, and all of those localizations were very well received because care was taken to do the localization well and sort of instead of just kind of, you know, what I call the uh, the, the slop-and-go, you know, routine where, like, let's just make this one change and then, you know, not put any care or thought into it. 
Um, so, like I said, at that point, you're kind of getting into many different schools of thought. So at that point, you have to take things kind of on a case or case basis. Um, now, Brian, you were you mentioned that you'd had some uh, you a game that you had been uh, getting into had had. Uh, Localizations controversy recently. Yeah, it was. It was a, it's the newest Fire Emblem game, uh, Fire Emblem Fates Birthright and Conquest, because they have them split into two different games. Um, I'm sure everyone who's read any sort of uh, news lately about these two games, I kind of know what I'm going for. But from my knowledge, what it looks like, a lot of the problems coming from the uh, Conquest game, where um, they, to my knowledge, again, I'm I'm not as into it as I probably should is that the main story is still pretty much the same, but in these games, what you do is to uh, improve your troops is that you have them basically build relationships. I talked about this uh, on the other earlier shows where you can get them married and things like that. They'll become really good friends and things. And, and as they get up there, they get more powerful as they fight together. So in this game, what has happened, though, is that they sort of changed a lot of these support dialogue between these two characters either by slowly changing the characters to a different, uh, somewhat of a different personality than the original Japanese personalities, or, and there have been some cases where they've done it to make some really, I'll admit, silly jokes. Um, one of the bigger ones was, you actually can find it online now, I think there's some YouTube videos of it, is that there is a ninja character, and it's like an assassin character, a male and a female, and the first time they have like their support group, or their support dialogue, uh, in the Japanese versions, they actually have uh, they actually talk to each other and say certain things. In the American version, they just sit in silence and stare at each other, and that's the end of the dialogue. Now you may think, okay, that's kind of funny because it's this master ninja and this master assassin. They're the you know the stone cold badasses, the ones that sit in the corner and smoke. So they maybe they wouldn't say anything to each other. But while that may be funny, you're also losing a lot of the personalities of these characters by removing them completely. So it's haphazardly. It's ha- it hasn't taken out the experience for me, but I can tell you right now. I think a lot of the other Fire Emblem fans who have been around a much longer than me, because I am I am a new at this. I've only played this game and the Awakenings before it, so I'm not an expert. I think that took uh, that that seems insulting to them. Um, they also changed a few. Of the I think uh, they changed a few of the units' names uh, instead of a Pegasus Knight, it's like a Sky Knight and things like that. Um, I go. I thought for the most part, like the, I don't know if that was done deliberately because uh, they didn't know, or that was a mistake. Again, I'm I'm not uh, aware of it. It's one of those, but it is. It's one of those really weird things because I'll watch that Super Sentai's and Common Rider stuff, you know. And actually, Shout Factory is really re-releasing a lot of the Super Sentai things for the states for like the first time. So it's really cool to watch that. But they'll say a joke or they'll say something, and I will sit there in my living room going. I don't get it, like, cause it's not it's it's not a Western thing, you know. It's a it's a different it's a different style. So I'll now I will I'll try to do my due diligence and look up, going, okay, this is why this is funny. But not everyone's going to do that. Everyone sometimes some people just want to get it out of their system right then and there. Um, I do know. Also, I was playing the other one called Project X Zone Two, and localization people, check your spelling, please. Just you know, that has an A in it. It's T-H-A-T, not T-H-T. I saw that happen a couple times in Project X-Zone 2. I was like, mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, now going back to the original question of, uh, of the visual novel games, I mean, the visual novels are such a Japanese uh, style of, of video game. That I feel like in that case you should try and keep your localization as close to the original Japanese release as you possibly can. Um, just like I said, it's 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 one of those things. It's just so intrinsically Eastern in in style and design that I feel like to try and and change things up uh, to quote unquote Americanize it uh, would be sort of a betrayal of the original of the original of the developer's original vision. Now, is a visual novel, is that like, like, is that sort of their version of like Choose Your Own Adventure, or is this something like that's just in fact a novel? Uh, it's a little from column A, a little from column B. Basically, okay, you know how, um, how can I put this? 
Because here's the thing. This is where I'm kind of back in the corner because I know so little about the genre. Yeah, so I like, really think we, we're like the like last two people that probably should ask this question. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, but to to put it in the simplest possible terms, yeah, it uh, the lion's share of them are sort of choose your own adventure style. Uh, style it basically choose your own adventure books in in digital form. Uh, they're based mainly on interacting with the characters, um, making decisions based on dialogue. Um, that's in the grossest, simplest possible terms. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm not so ignorant as to as to be unaware that they can do so much more beyond that. Um, but at its at its simplest, yes, that's what. That's a two part question. Who is a character that you feel deserves their own book, and who is a character that you feel cannot carry their own solo book? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I've always, always have said that a character like characters like Martian Manhunter could carry their own book because he is more of an interesting character than I think a lot of people will give him credit to. Um, he actually has a book out now. He's actually a very good book. Uh, I think it's going to be ending here pretty soon at issue 12. Uh, because he, he he's sort of like a Superman-esque character because he has a lot of different powers to him. Plus, he's the last man on Mars coming to uh, live on you know Earth. A, a, uh, obviously, a planet he's not... He's an alien in, quite literally. And unlike Superman, he can't always blend in. But that's where the shape-shifting abilities come in. Um, and he's the the biggest problem is he doesn't have like a rogues gallery. He doesn't have like an arch nemesis. He sort of tags along and fights other guys. But I would love to see things like a Martian Manhunter book. Um, I'm always a huge fan of Beta Ray Bill and also in Marvel, and because he has a very <laughs> cool and you. Why are you laughing? You're the only person I know who knows who Beta Ray Bill even is. How do you not know who Beta Ray... Well, why should I even ask that question? Literally, every time I show a picture of Beta Ray Bill to people, they go, Why does Thor have a goat's head? <laughs> a long story. <laughs> What's but sad as is much he's as... not kidding. It is a long story. <laughs> yeah, it is, in fact, a long story. And as much as I love Beta Ray Bill, unfortunately, Beta Ray Bill um, couldn't hold an ongoing series. He's had a, he's had a miniseries before. Uh, I can't find it anymore. Um, but you know, I don't think he can have a long-term series because what 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 do you do with Space Thor? You know, well, you haven't fight Galactus. Then what? Oh, there's nothing else really you can do. So it's 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 hard for a, a character like that. Um, so Martian Manhunter, I think, is really good uh, for needs his own series. Beta Ray Bill probably couldn't hold his own series. In fact, I like the character so much. Um, I'm always very concerned about villain books. I don't think villains can really hold long-term books. Like, I don't think, like, everyone loves the Joker. I don't want to see an ongoing Joker book, you know. He needs to just show up in Batman to fight Batman. I don't want to see things like that. So, the very easy questions you have right there. I'll give you two examples. Um, I might revisit this question later on because I need to go through, like, the catalog of characters because there's a lot. But those are all the two off the top of my head. So, what do you think? So, what about, like, the Harley Quinn book? What do you think of that? I'm I'm actually sh- I guess I'm not shocked that it's lasts so long and been as successful as it is because Harley Quinn is a popular character and despite the fact of the what people think are I guess the complaints about the new Fifty Two they've sort of made her her own new thing now um, and not only is she getting you know her book being like top ten selling sometimes in some months. Uh, she spun off in the small like mini series like Harley Quinn's little black book where she just kind of teams up with a random superhero and now we have her uh, she has her own she's developing a small mini series of like of other characters that she works with in the book and they're going to probably get a spin-off series uh, well a spin-off I guess a mini series it's just one of those it's just one of those things that you didn't you would expect to see but I didn't expect to see this successful. I've seen more Harley Quinn stuff in the last two years than I have in the last, like, ten. You know, just it just has exploded off of everywhere. Uh, same thing for Spider-Gwen, you know. Though I do think Marvel's pushing it with Gwenpool. I think that's Wait, sort of the G- bottom. Gwenpool? So Gwenpool just debuted. Uh, first it was a joke. But then they're like, oh, you know what we're going to do? You guys like it so much, we're going to make it an ongoing series. Like, no, 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 hold on. <laughs> we liked it because it was a joke. This doesn't have legs. Um, because here's the thing. 
Uh, first off, it's not like Gwen Stacy as Deadpool, as you would think in the name. No, the character's name is actually Gwen Pool. I'm going to let that sink in for everyone real quick. Did they already do Lady Deadpool? This isn't Lady Deadpool. This is Gwenpool. No, I mean like just the concept. Didn't they didn't they already do this? No, you see see this is Gwenpool. Oh, th- what what's the di- <laughs> I'm clearly not seeing the difference here. Like that's the joke. Is there's the the difference is this is she's go- that that Lady Deadpool has happened before, but this is a newer version of the same concept. And it might be a fun series. I haven't read it, so I'm not going to say don't read it. But I can't see it having long legs. Well, I, you, I, can, I can definitely see the, the character. Joke, I can definitely see the character having long legs, but not the concept. <laughs> but once you get, but the thing is, once you get the joke, it can't go anywhere else. Like I just, I, you, you, you say Gwenpool, and all I hear is Deadpool with boobs, and I'm like. Did they already do that? Isn't that why they stopped doing it? Because it didn't work? Well, that that was also the case of them uh, blowing their load too early. But um tish. <laughs> oh, no, wait. That's a, that's a, that's a bow chicka wow wow moment. Yeah, I was going to say. I was like, wait, wait, yeah, yeah. Phrasing! <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, all right, so let's see. We got a few minutes left here. Let's see if we can uh, do one more. Actually, speaking of Deadpool, I am actually—I've never been able to wrap my head around the fact that he's been able that he's been able to carry his own book for so many years. Several books, like he—he—he's had more than one, like running at a given any given time. Now, a lot of them are like his uh, Mar- uh, Deadpool kills Marvel Universe, uh, Deadpool kills uh, Literature Universe. They had that for a while. Uh, the Night of the Living Deadpool, Return of the Night of the Living Deadpool, um, but Deadpool has been compl- I, I, I feel like has been completely oversaturated. Now, it's going to happen again because the movie was successful. But there, the, the reason the the first time, like the Deadpool core, or whatever uh, the book, the reason that sort of failed because it just couldn't it it didn't couldn't hold up under the weight of all the yeah. stuff that was going on it collapsed under its own weight yeah yeah but like you look at deadpool just like it, it just like as a concept and you just like you don't think that it, that he should work as a as a solo character and yet he does yeah he does it's it's one of those weird things you never know who's going to be the breakout star okay all right here's a uh, here's a question here it's uh it's it's addressed to you but uh, I'm going to, to chime in on because I recently read something that just it, it caused my mind to explode, and I had to I had to I had to scrape my brains off the ceiling with a squeegee. And the question uh, comes from Rick, and he asked you, "What is the strangest comic book crossover that you have ever witnessed?" So I'm gonna, I'm going to let you give I'm going to let you give your answer, and then I'll give mine. Okay, um, that I have ever witnessed. It's actually been the most recent one. Uh, I think it was last year. Was it last year? It might have been last year, which was uh, Archie meets the Predator. Oh, God. That's, that's what I was going to talk about. <laughs> because I, I, the big joke I've had for several years is that I want to be in the room when that was pitched. And I just want to see the reactions and how it got a yes. Did you Did you pick up the trade paperback? I haven't picked up the trade paperback. Because I, it's in there. The forward explains exactly how that meeting went down. Okay, because I do want to read that now. Because I read the first issue, and I put the first issue down, and I was like, what is this? What what do I have here? Should I save this? Like, like I feel like if I get rid of it, it's going to haunt me. <laughs> It'll be like it'll be like the mask. You, you throw it the you throw it out the window and it just flies right back in. It just yeah, it's just so. It was just so. It's so surreal. Like people, and I love people's like reactions. Like, well, Archie met the Punisher. I was like, yeah, because they're both human. And even <laughs> that was was bizarre as fuck. Like that one at least came up with the with the the pseudo the, the, the you know the the pseudo plausible explanation that the Punisher was after a criminal who looked like Archie and it was a case of mistaken identity okay far fetched but you know you could see that maybe happening yeah but at the same this time you one, go well com- you go comics you go all right that makes sense this one was literally it was just the 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 the, the predator was chasing after the Riverdale teens because he had fallen in love with Betty and Veronica i wish to god i was making this shit up 
It, it's it's just it was one of the crazy one of the crazier things I've I've really I've I've read. I was and, ama- I was amazed at the, at, at the the how visceral that book got. That that like, yeah. Like at one like like no shit. At one point, uh, they, Betty and Veronica go see Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and the Predator attacks, and he fucking rips out her, Sabrina's skull and spine on panel, and you see the blood and viscera everywhere. Betty gets her arm lopped off, and it's like wow, this is like damn. <laughs> It, I think it's a, it's a situation of like, hey, if we're going to do this. We got to go all in. You know, <laughs> there is no halfway mark anymore. And all like, all right, crazy Steve. Like, thank you. you know? <laughs> I I will say this. I thought the way they wrote the Punisher's thought, not the Punisher, the Predator's thought process was brilliant. Because instead of doing the, the the bog standard, oh well, he imitates the last thing people said. They had they 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 showed his thought process through uh through um basically emojis. In his little predator style screen interface, and some there, there's some really clever jokes in there if you look at them the right way. Yeah, I will say the other one I read uh, earlier this year because it took a while for me to get it was uh, that it's not the strangest, but I was actually impressed with the strength of it was the Mega Man Sonic the Hedgehog crossover. Um, despite the fact uh, it definitely felt rushed towards the end and things were happening off panel and you never found out why. Uh, overall, it was actually a pretty fun little series. Um, now, I'm how, curious, how curious to see what the sequel was. How did they explain well, that one away? How how in a way, or just how it came about? How well, how did they explain those two universes colliding? So it was more along the lines of just you know interdimensional hopping. Uh, I believe it was like uh, Wiley and Eggman had met, and like, well, I have this enemy. Well, I have this enemy. Okay, so we'll you know combine our forces, uh, combine our knowledge, and we'll try to take. And it's it's a standard fare of we'll make. Sonic believe Mega Man's a bad guy. We'll make Mega Man believe Sonic's a bad guy. They destroy each other. We win. Oh, so it's that episode of Thundercats all over again. A little bit. Now they they figure the they figure out the problem very quickly. And there's other things that are happening. My biggest complaint is, like I said earlier, there's a lot of stuff that would happen like off screen or off panel. Like at one point, Silver shows up, and Silver's like, "Hey, there's something like weird stuff going on." And Sonic's like, "Well, let me go investigate with it real quick." Then Silver disappears for like six issues. Then suddenly he comes back and he apparently off panel got kidnapped and roboticized. You're like, um, um, huh? When did this happen, book? Uh, sometime over there. Could could I see this? I feel like this might have been important at some time. No, 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 it's fine. Okay, thanks. You know, like, <laughs> and also the uh, the way because they the, the character like all the characters except for like Sonic gets kidnapped and roboticized, but apparently. If Mega Man just charges Mega Blaster and shoots them, they become uh, normal again. I was like, I feel kind of ripped off. Which does <laughs> violates every rule of the Mega yeah. Man universe. It's just and, 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 Sonic, and universe. Sonic universe. But at the same time, I guess maybe it's like, oh, we're two different energies and universes, and things are happening. You're like you're trying too hard, book. Next page. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking, of, this is sort of unrelated to the question at hand, but uh, you, you mentioned that you know talking about the, the Archie uh, Mega Man comics. Did they ever do a uh, Mega Man X comic series? Oh, uh, they've actually they uh, they brought X over into their main Mega Man series um, as I think uh, their next crossover. Unfortunately, it's not very good. Um, the writing, uh, the writing for the Mega Man series has unfortunately been starting sl- on a slippery slope downhill. Um, the first several trades is basically the first couple of games just in a cool comic book form, and it's actually sort of interesting because what it does do is that as he's defeated some of like the original Robot Masters, they actually become good guys. Which I was like, oh, here's a cool concept, you know, because they're technically robots or they can be destroyed well, that's 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 how the story went in the, the the japanese version of the lore was he wasn't killing them he was when he beat them he took their powers yes but they were just deactivated and dr light fixed them up and made them good again yeah exactly so you get to see that now and it's actually kind of cool because they'll like go, uh they'll have like team up specials and at one point i think iceman was falling for a role and you're like oh go iceman and rolled in get it i'm like oh i feel for you iceman i feel for you <laughs> We've uh, all been there, Iceman. Keep at it. We, 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 we've, <laughs> we've all had crushes on underage robot robot girls. Now you're making it creepy. See, I, I, I this is why I don't say, say things, because that's why I'm going to end up on a goddamn list. Your your Friday nights are clearly much different from mine. <laughs> I, my joke was nice and sent and everyone could get behind it, and you just made it dirty. 
<laughs> I'm not look. I'm not doing my job right if I don't make somebody uncomfortable at least once an episode. Because <laughs> uh, like like I would love to see a Mega Man X comic series because I feel like that that segment of the Mega Man lore is just so ripe for for narrative possibilities, and I just like mm. it's gonna be very angsty uh, area of Mega Man. Yeah, it was. It's the 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 the, the teenage Lincoln Park phase of Mega Man. <laughs> Crawling in my Mega Buster. <laughs> uh, these wounds they will not heal because I'm a robot and I don't cellular regenerate. <laughs> oh God. Uh, what were we talking about again? We were talking about crossovers, and then we sort of went off in a really, really weird area. It was like, which one was the most weird one? We both, uh, I think, said uh, Archie and Predator. Uh, but man, I do, there's a lot of crossovers out in the world, and they're all there. And some of them are really good, and some of them are very strange. Aliens and Predators have crossed over into every single universe known to exist. I, I think the... Uh, now, I'll tell you about one that I feel like was done really well, and that was uh, the first Batman versus Predator book. That was actually really cool. That one's hard to find now. I don't think you can find it anymore. They did. They did a trilogy of them. the The, the second and third one were both crap, but the first one I thought was really cool because they did this this one really neat bit where uh, Mister Freeze is out causing trouble and uh, the Predator attacks his goons and it winds. Up, it, it, the only reason Mister Freeze survives is because his body temperature is so cold that the Predator doesn't even see him because it, oh, yeah. it sees based on heat. And I thought that was really neat. Like I said, it was just, it was a really neat uh, story, the, the the first Batman vs. Predator. And uh, I I was so disappointed in the second third one. Now, one that I thought was really stupid was Superman vs. Aliens. See, they've actually had several of those as well. They've actually had Superman vs. Aliens, Superman vs. Predator, Batman and Superman vs. Aliens vs. Predator. Which, as I said, Aliens and Predator just seem to be whoring themselves out to every single universe. Um... <laughs> Could be but, worse. Could be Mars attacks IDW. Is that a thing? Yeah, Mars attacks IDW was a series of one shots where they had Mars attacks crossover with several IDW books, i.e., GI Joe, Transformers, um, uh, Ghostbusters, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, oh, oh! IDW. Popeye the Sailor Man was one of them. Oh, IDW. Oh, yeah. For some reason, I thought you said ID four, and like Mars attacks crossed over with Independence Day. Actually, you know what? I might pay to see that. Ah, <laughs> like, uh, well, I, I mean, IDW has done weird crossover shit for years. Like they, they did the whole zombie plague a few years back. Well, there was Infestation, Infestation Two, which the Infestation was a disappointment because that was a secret. It was a crossover where none of the actual characters crossed over, but they all fought the same enemy, and it was more of a vehicle to try to get one of the IDW's original title books launched, and it didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, then Infestation 2 was a little bit better. Uh, you did have a few more crossovers, but Mars Attacks at least was fun because there's this, that, that was we're not re- we're not really doing it out of seriousness anymore. We just want to have some kind of silly crossover. <laughs> Here, have at it. But now going back to Superman versus Aliens, I only read one issue of uh, one of those crossovers. I can't remember which one it was, but it was the one where Superman he, he somehow got uh, he got face huggered. And uh, he had an alien growing in his chest, and it was time for the alien to come out. And he was basically just like, "All right, I, I'm, I'm having some heartburn here." So, and then he literally hocks the alien embryo up like a loogie. But how else are you going to get it out? Because apparently the thing's not going to break out of his chest, I'm, even though technically it could, because it would have Kryptonian uh, DNA in it now. I'm just like, well, he, he, but it hadn't been exposed to yellow sunlight. No, because yeah, I guess it wouldn't, because it was inside of his body. Yeah. <laughs> What's really funny is you had to stop and think about that for a moment. I did. I was like, well, no, this, no that makes sense. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what's funny. The fact that I know that or the fact that that fact made you stop and think. <laughs> it's so strange because you just you forget about certain things. And comics are... Comics are weird. Uh, let's just let's just put that out there too. Comics can be really weird sometimes. But it's literally like he flies out into space and just goes, "Patui," <laughs> and I'm just like, "No." Well, if this, he did this, it on the ground, this, that would be littering. This t- I was like, "No." This tells me everything I need to know about the qu- about the rest of this story. I need to read no more. <laughs> I kind of want to find those books now. <laughs> 
All right. So, but anyway, that's all the time that we have for Nerd of the Third Power this week. We hope you've had fun uh, digging, doing an extra extended dig through the Ask a Geek uh, pile, as we have. So, uh, you know, maybe this, maybe this is something we'll make a regular thing. Just every now and then when we don't have a discussion topic, we'll just do a purge of the Ask a Geek questions. So, uh, as always, you can send your questions to us through the email at drgonzo at nerdofthethirdpower.com. Or if you follow us on Facebook, we have a permanent uh, Facebook thread for Ask Geek Questions, which uh, is getting a little low. We've uh, run through most of the questions on there. So, uh, you know, our Facebook faithful, get on it. Send us your questions. We want to hear from you. So uh, that's about uh, all the time that we have for Nerd of the Third Power this week. We'll see you next week. As always, I'm Dr. Gonzo. I'm Brian. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in. Taka, play us out. Bye.